Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into a message from Pastor Roger. But before we do, I want to encourage you, connect with us online. Whether that's following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, or it's subscribing to our YouTube page or this podcast, do it. We want to stay connected. And another great way you can connect with us is be our guest on a Sunday morning service. If you're here locally, come on out. We want to meet you and connect with you, worship with you. We'd really enjoy that. But without further ado, let's jump into this message from Pastor Roger. You know, I was thinking as I was sitting here, like, we're, we're like, in two months, we're going to be over there, which is, if you, if you don't know, we're building, a, we're building a different auditorium. Like, this is really just kind of like, it used to be where we meet, but now it's, it's kind of a construction zone. That's why all this is going on. And, um, yeah, it's pretty cool seeing the progress. So, it's a lot of fun. Um, I have a, a love-hate relationship with my email. Anybody else, you, you really appreciate the convenience, but you also hate that thing. Um, email is like, ah, it's the worst. It's, a, it's like so, some days it's good. Some days it's just too much. Like, it's just, it's just too much. Does anybody have, I don't know, do you have, anybody have like more than a thousand unread messages in your inbox? <laughs> you guys are my people. You're my people. Anybody, like, you clear it out every single day. Like, you, <laughs> I wish I was like you so bad. I wish I was you. Um, but I'm not. You know, I was thinking, like, so earlier this week, I, I was trying to get on uh, into something. I don't remember what it was, but I, I had a registration attached to an old email address that I've had since junior high. And I never, or no, since high school. And I never get in this email address, but I, I needed to for this whatever reason. And when I was in there... I looked at the unread messages, and it was 63,000 <laughs> I never use it. I haven't used it in, in decades, but it's, but it's still sitting there just receiving junk mail. Just It's happy to receive all the junk mail. Uh, you know, most days I really try to, I try to get to all the emails and, and clear out all the little red dots. How many people, those red dots, like that's a motivator for you to get, get those red dots gone. And so I, I was trying to get them all out. And, um, but the deal is this, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It just seems so uncanny how I, I'll clear out all the unread messages in my email inbox. And by, by the next day, by the next day, there's more back in there. You know what I'm saying? Like it just seems like the, the people that email, they just, they just got nothing better to do than just to keep emailing you. They just, they just keep emailing you more and more stuff. And it's, you get your inbox cleared out, and then stuff comes flooding right back in. Just, stuff just keeps coming in. And I would say it like this. Like even in life, it's the same thing, isn't it? It seems like the moment you get, you get your life squared away, the moment you get things lined out in your relationships, the moment you, you get your walk with God moving in a positive direction, things pop up in your inbox of life. And, and, and while spam or, or un, you know, unnecessary messages, like you, know, you, you bought something online through Amazon and it, it happened to be connected to some you know, company in China that their biggest purpose in life is to send you as many ads for garbage, like just 
cheap stuff that they can send you. They're just like, like we, we want you to buy more cheap stuff that will break. Like, they just keep sending it to you. That's super annoying. Am I right? It's annoying. It's even more annoying when they sell your email address to somebody else. That's annoying. But in our lives, when we clean out our lives and, and we empty our lives, we, we come before God and we repent and we believe and we're pure and we're, we're right before God and more things come into our inbox, it's not annoying. It's, it's often just discouraging for things to keep coming into the inbox of our life, discouraging or, or I might even say destructive. Why, why do things keep coming back into our lives that that we, we let go of in the past, things that we've already dealt with? Why do they seem to always come back? It doesn't even matter. Like sometimes I'll have like a really good attitude about it. I'm like, God, I've got, I'll wake up in the morning. It's Monday. I'm like, I've had a great day, like weekend. I felt the presence of God on Sunday. I feel, I'm filled up, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled. Like, like so good. Like nothing's going to shake me today. And then like you, you get like 20 minutes into your day and you're like, oh, it just seems like life's email inbox is constantly getting full of things. And so <clears throat> today I, I can't fix your email problem. Sorry. That's, a, that's an ish you, not an ish me. <laughs> but maybe, maybe we can help with the spiritual inbox. Maybe we can help with the life inbox today. I think we can help there. Today, if you're, a, if you're a skeptic, like you wouldn't call yourself a believer in Jesus, um, this message, I'm giving you a full pass on it, okay? You can just sit in. This is like your, your fun, like your, your two-way mirror into what Christians believe, all right? So you just get it. But if you're a believer today, if you've placed your faith in Jesus, guess what? No pass on this one. This, this passage I'm going to read, read to you is actually written to religious people. It's not written to atheists. It's not written to unbelievers. It's written to religious people like you and like me. You ready for it? it it's out of Matthew. Matthew was uh, one of Jesus's 12 uh, students. So Jesus had, we call them disciples, but basically that means a student that didn't just learn in a classroom. It means a student that followed him, uh, like eat, slept, breathed Jesus. Like they followed him around everywhere. And one of his 12 students' name was Matthew. And, and Matthew, after Jesus died and was resurrected, Matthew began writing down the things that happened during Jesus' life. And this is a story. It's one of the teachings of Jesus. It's Matthew chapter 12, verse 43. It says this. When an evil spirit leaves a person, hey, aren't you glad to be in church on a Talking about Demons Sunday. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. Every time I go here, people are like, oh, that's so weird. But here's the deal. It's in the Bible. No, preacher, like that, that's just like a metaphor for bad things happening in your life. It's a metaphor for mental health issues. It's a metaphor for sickness. No, 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 no. Read your Bible. Jesus adamantly believed in spiritual entities outside of you and I. Jesus believed in the idea of angels. Jesus taught about the idea of demons or, or demonic presences working in humans' lives, active, moving in your lives. And this is what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about demonic presence 
is leaving someone's life. Anybody want that stuff out of your life? Yes, let's get that out. But you first need to understand that stuff is real. We, we have this lullaby effect in the American church where we, we've been so accustomed to life being good and life being easy that we can, if we're not careful, we will think Christianity and living for God is all about being a good, moral person. We'll think it's all about having a mental ascent to Jesus and then just generally being a good person. And that's not what we see in Scripture. It's about more than that. Let me say it like this. Part of following Jesus is unsubscribing from some things. When we give our life to Jesus, we don't have to clean up our lives to come to him. But when we come to him, you will find a desire within you. It's going to come from the inside, not some sort of willing your way through, but a desire from the inside to change to unsubscribe from some things, to delete some things, to get some spam out of your life. Anybody wants to get some spam out of your life? Get rid of some, some things that, that have been holding you back. Maybe, maybe the way you think. Maybe some, some things you are literally subscribed to, saying, no, I've got to get some things out of my life. And I know for me, anytime I can get rid of spam or, or just that sort of thing, it's, it's always just so refreshing refreshing. So, so in, in my role as a pastor, um, I love what I do. My wife and I have the privilege of doing what we love to do in life, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. But with the role that I'm in, um, there are lots of opinions. <laughs> lots of opinions. And um, anybody that's ever been involved in a church probably knows how to do my job better than me. And, and so people are often, uh, not often, occasionally people will email me. And so I just wanted to make sure if you're attending Celebration Church, you know how to get a hold of me. If you have any complaints, um, <laughs> send them to Clark at thecelebration.church, and he will handle all complaints. He's the, the new complaint <laughs> department. That's how I deal with complaints around here. Did you know that if you put a plus symbol after your name before the at symbol, if you put a plus and then anything after it, it will still get to you. So you could do Clark plus complaints at the celebration.church. In fact, you have infinite email addresses if you do this. Infinite number of email addresses. You, you put a plus symbol and then whatever you want afterwards. Clark plus complaints at the celebration.church. And then what you do is in your email inbox, you create a filter that deletes everything that goes to that email address. <laughs> it's the best. It's actually super helpful. Um, you ever have somebody sell your information to someone else? You're getting emails from some company. You're like, I never gave you my stuff. What you do is anytime you, you sign in and you make a new account somewhere, you always put a plus symbol with the name of that company at the end of the email. And then if they sell your email address, like, like it's Hulu, and then somebody else starts emailing you stuff and it says it's from Hulu, you know who sold your information. Hey, I just got a word from God today. <laughs> That's a really helpful way to deal with, with spam. 
uh, is, is to do that. I, it's, it's a great way to do it. And, and, and really, like, spam is annoying. It's annoying. But sometimes the spam that comes into our life is not just harmless spam. Again, Jesus believes, affirms, and teaches that there are evil forces that have the intent to steal, to kill, and destroy your life. That they intend to destroy your faith in God and to sidetrack you from the purposes of God in your life. Jesus knew that we would all face this battle of trying to stay sane and trying to stay focused. Anybody know that battle, trying to stay sane and focused? And for the rest of you that didn't raise your hands, I've seen you drive on the boulevard. Whoa. The deal is, when it comes to this, we often land on one of two sides of the spectrum of what we believe about this stuff. Because it's uh, maybe uncomfortable for us to say that Jesus talks about, openly talks about, and openly casts out demons. That might be uncomfortable for us. And so what we do is we say, no, 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 there's no evil forces at play here. It's just people's decisions and coincidence. So everything is people's decisions and coincidence. And then we got people on the other side that are like, there's a demon underneath everything. It's like, no, you just forgot to put gas in your truck. Like, not, that's not the gas demon. That's a bad decision maker. That's, that's lack of responsibility. That's a, that's a different thing. And, and that's coming from someone that has run out of gas in his driveway twice. I was like, I was in my early 20s and just didn't have any money. That's why I ran out of gas. <laughs> it is what it is. So, so Jesus is very clear that this thing is real. And, and we take either the side of, no, there's no spiritual things going on or everything is spiritual. And can I just tell you, the truth is in between there. The truth is, is that some things in our life are, are seriously, they're just uh, maybe we can do better at learning to make decisions. Some things are we surround ourselves with people that we become like the people we surround ourselves with, and some of it is we just need to choose better friends. But some of it, there are spiritual forces at work in your life that intend to kill the purposes of God for your life. And Jesus is saying that you can get rid of that thing. He says, when an evil spirit leaves a person. So let me say it like this. The process of, uh, of getting empty, of getting rid of things, is not enough. It's not enough to just get empty. It's not enough to just delete. It's not enough to just unsubscribe. There's more to the story. It says this. Talking about the evil spirit that leaves a person, it says, it goes into the desert seeking rest. But finding none, then it says, I will return to the person I came from. Aha. Maybe that's why, even though I'm a believer and I have dealt with areas 
of my life, and I thought I conquered it, and I thought I would never talk like that, and I thought I would never struggle with that again, and I thought I would never have that kind of resentment again, and I thought I would never have that kind of habit back in my life, and I, I thought I would stop reacting to my children like that, and I thought that, that I had got rid of that spiritual thing that was going on in my life. Maybe that's what's actually going on. We deleted, we unsubscribed, but Jesus says there's still something else at play here beyond you deleting and unsubscribing from something. It comes back to its origin. Maybe you went to the return and you had an encounter with God. We got some men going up next month. It's going to be amazing. But maybe you went and six months later you're like, why am I still struggling with certain things? Because those things don't stay gone forever. These are the words of Jesus. They don't stay gone forever. They come back looking for someone to mess with. So it goes on in verse 44. It says, so it returns and it finds its former home empty, swept, and in order. Getting empty is not enough. Cleaning out your house is not enough. Now, now I'm, I'm no clean freak. In, in, in my, my everyday life, I'm no clean freak. I like things organized. I really like it when someone else organizes it. <clears throat> somebody, said, somebody said, like, the office is, like, like, really administratively heavy at the church. That's because me, <laughs> not. <laughs> But, but I like things organized, but, but I really, I don't like clutter. I don't like clutter. And, and I, I really detest cleaning up something that I'm, I know is only going to get dirty later. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I got to clean it up and then it's going to get dirty later. It's just the worst. A great example is the covers on the bed. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm, I'm going to wake up in the morning, fold the covers down, and I'm going to crawl out of my bed only to, wait, wait, fold it down 16 hours later, give or take, I'm going to come back to my bed with the full intention of lifting the covers up. I think I am just more efficient than many of you. You're doing the lifting and folding twice. I'm doing it once. My wife hates this, so her side of the bed's always nice, and, and sometimes I, I do my part, I, sometimes I make it, but, but often her side will be perfect and my side will be folded, <laughs> because, because I just, it doesn't, uh, and the worst thing is, some of you are like, I can't believe, like how in the world are you the pastor? I read a book by a Navy SEAL that said, success begins with making your bed, and I was like, I'm doomed. Some of you are like, I'm so glad I'm not married to him. <laughs> and many of us are trying to move forward in our spiritual walk with God, but we fall into one of two traps. Either all of our time and energy is spent being a spiritual neat freak, Constantly tidying up our lives, 
constantly pulling all the loose ends together, constantly sweeping, constantly making sure that, they, that I'm clean, that I'm inside, that I'm good, constantly making sure that everything, everything that I can do right is done and making sure all of it is good. Or the other side, the other trap we get into is when we see those things coming back into our inbox every time we clean them, we say, what's the point anyways? And so we just stop. We give up even trying. Because it's just too overwhelming. Let me say it like this. Religion says, get empty and stay empty. Get empty and spend all of your time tidying up your life. Get empty and spend all of your time working on you, making sure that you are clean and pure and empty. Spend all the time doing that. But I can I just tell you, it's, it's not inspiring and it's not the fullness of what God wants for your life. Yes, he wants you clean from the stuff that you've dealt with in your life, but he doesn't want you spending every waking moment focused on that. Uh, he, he, he has a greater purpose for your life. We're not, we're not cleaning up our lives to somehow get Jesus. When Jesus comes into our life, he will begin addressing areas of our life to work on. And so we, the correct response is to work on whatever he is speaking to. But can I just tell you that Jesus did not die so you could stay empty. He died so you could be filled. Jesus did not come and surrender his life on a cross so you could just be empty. He did that so that you could be filled, so you can get away from the endless cycle of just trying to stay clean. You can get into something deeper and more impactful than just being clean. Because at the end of that cycle, we throw up our hands and say, what's the use anyway? When Jesus died for us, he died so we could be full. Full of his purpose, full of his goodness, full of his word, full of his spirit, full of his identity, full of the authority of God, and full of the purposes that God has for our lives. That's the purpose. And so it says that the enemy will come and find us all neat and organized and swept out. We've been working on us real good. We've been working really hard on us. And then it says, verse 45, Then the Spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus and you've never had a moment of repentance in your life, you get a complete pass on this. But if you are someone that has given your life to the Lord, this is for you. That if you give your life to the Lord and, and you simply repent and you stop there, like your walk with God looks like I've repented, I've cleaned up the inside, and I haven't gone any further, you, you would be better off having not repented than allowing it to become worse. Because what happens is we, if we believe that the whole goal is to somehow look really clean and pretty and sparkly, 
we'll deal with the areas of our life that need to be repented of, the areas of our life that need change and transformation. But then what happens is, if we don't fill our life with something new, more comes. It becomes the same old thing, but times seven. It becomes the same old resentment, times seven. It becomes the same marriage issues, times seven. And then if we think the whole goal is to somehow have a clean house, what we do is we're spending all of our time sweeping it, and when we can't sweep it enough, we begin lying and hiding it under the rug. Begin pretending, oh, everything's good. I I dressed the part, I looked the part, but I haven't experienced the infilling of God's spirit and presence in my life. Religion says to get empty and to stay, just constantly stay empty. Jesus says get empty and be filled. Be filled. Not just to empty ourselves of our old problems, empty ourselves of our old habits, but to be filled with the purposes of God, to be filled with the presence of God, to be filled with the word of God, to be filled with the goodness of God, to be filled with the spirit of God, to be filled with the name of God. Like, this is the goal. This is what we're trying to do. Jesus did not come to make our lives empty. He came to make our lives full. That's why we as a church, we meet and we gather in settings like this. When, when we meet and we gather in, in bigger groups like this and we're worshiping the Lord, the presence of God is always quick. He's always quick to meet us. He's always quick to join us. Like there's just this, this filling up, this, this refreshment that happens when you worship with other believers. And I'll talk to people and they'll say, well, I, I went to church three weeks ago. I think I'm good. I went to church like six months ago. I'm good. But you would never say that about your car. Like you would never drive your car and at the end of a week be like, my car's empty. I don't know what the problem is. I filled it up two weeks ago. It should be good. No, you, you recognize that in the life of your vehicle, there has to be regular intervals of filling it up. And when it's being depleted more than normal, you need to fill it up more than normal. The same thing goes in your spiritual walk with God. You've got to have a regular interval of being filled up, being, being topped up with the presence of God. It's got to be part of the rhythm and routine of your life. This is why Paul says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. It's not because churches need numbers. It's because it's part of a healthy spiritual life. This is, why we, this is why we gather in, in groups together. We meet on Sundays, but we gather in groups because we, we can be filled in a different way through groups. Like when we initially begin connecting with other people, it's always awkward to meet someone new. Like you may be new to the church today, but understand, I was just as insecure meeting you as you were with me. It's always awkward meeting somebody new. But the truth is, after you get past the awkwardness of, of introductions and getting to know somebody, eventually that relationship begins to flourish. And there, there begins to become times when you can laugh together, you can cry together, you can pray together, you can lift each other up, you can strengthen each other, you can read the word of God together, you can, you can iron sharpening iron. Like this is why we gather in groups. This is, this is, this is why as a church, this is why as a church we, we serve. We got people serving 
uh, here in the church. We've got people serving in different areas in the community constantly because we believe that you were meant for more than just being emptied. You were meant to be filled, and one of those things is the purpose of God for your life. And if you begin serving other people and giving towards other people with no intent of a return, God does something beautiful through it. It's what we believe. We should be filled, not just emptied. If you have just a strictly religious life, you will spend all of your time focusing on making sure that you are good. And I did this for years. I spent the majority of my walk with God looking at my navel. Just making sure that I'm good. I just got to make sure I'm good, make sure I'm good, make sure I'm good. And then once I get out, I got to make sure I'm good. As though the entire purpose of God for my life is making sure I'm good. And it doesn't help that we live in this, this hyper-individualistic culture that tells us everything is about us. And so what we do is we, we enter into a walk with God, and then we spend the entire walk with God looking right here thinking, God, you're, you're really at work here. You're doing the same thing you did in me three weeks ago. You're doing, it, you're doing it again. You're doing it again. You're doing it again. Good. We need to be empty. But he didn't empty you just to empty you. He empties you to fill you. He wants to fill your life. And I think there's no better uh, image of this, no better sort of thing that captures this than baptism itself. The purpose of baptism isn't just to empty us, it's also to fill us. We're buried into his death, burial, and resurrection. It's not just about being emptied, somehow just, just, you know, just dealing with the sins in our life. It's about being resurrected into the newness of Christ. Peter, in, in 1 Peter, Peter was, a, he was another follower of Jesus, and he wrote, um, uh, he, he wrote 1 and 2 Peter in the Bible. He's also listed in the Bible in quite a few places, in the Gospels, a story of Jesus, and even in other books that Paul wrote. What I love about Peter is he gives me hope. Because he's super passionate and super strong-headed, but he's up and down a little bit. Like, he makes mistakes. I'm just thankful that in, in the Bible, the majority of the hero and pretty much all except for Jesus, of the heroes of the Bible have mess-ups. That's an amazing thing. But Peter says this in 1 Peter. He, he begins by, by talking about uh, Noah and the ark and how the, the, the people that Noah gathered together, they got in the ark so that God could empty the earth. And then when God puts them back on the ground, God tells them, okay, now I want you to be fruitful and multiply. I want you to fill the earth again. And then Peter picks up here. So it's not just about being empty. It's about filling. Peter says, and that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you. 
not by the dirt, not by removing dirt from your body. So it's not the physical water that washes your body with some sort of magical incantation that is what saves you. That's not what it is, but it's a response of a clean conscience, or a response to God from a clean conscience. It's saying this, it's not a it's not a conversation starter with God. It's not saying, like God, I've done this amazing thing, now recognize me. No, it's God's already done a work in your life, and so it's a clean conscience response to God called baptism. And it is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Baptism is not about some sort of, you know, you go into the water, some sort of mysterious thing happens. It's not the water itself. It's a heart that is already turned towards God. It's a response to the saving power of God that empties us and fills us. So when we find Jesus and we have a moment of confession and repentance before him, we are emptying our lives. Baptism opens the opportunity for him to begin filling our lives. I just want you to know that I, I don't want to just be empty of the things that I was forgiven of, but I want to be filled with a new life and new freedom and new purpose and his spirit in my life. It, it goes on and it says this. So, so now Christ has gone to heaven and he is seated in the place of honor next to God. And all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. So we are united with him both spiritually and publicly. But remember how I began talking about evil spirits? Every one of those things that ever attempts to influence or adjust your life surrenders to the authority of Jesus Christ. He becomes a new filter for your life. He becomes the new grid for your life. So instead of Clark plus complaints, it becomes Clark plus Jesus at the celebration.church. And what happens is anything that doesn't filter through the authority of Jesus Christ gets bumped out of your life. He says those spirits go and they come back looking for a clean palate, a clean place to live. And what happens? The place is not just clean, tidy, and empty, but instead, it is filled with the power and the presence of God. This is why we have to have a posture in our life saying, God, whatever you have for me, I want all that you have for me. I want you to fill me up. Don't just empty me out. How many people want to be filled with everything God has for you? Yeah, yeah. This doesn't mean that temptation will not return. Temptation is still going to return. But when temptation returns, the house is full. The house is full, and the one in the house has all the authority. That's good news. So religion says, get empty and do your best to stay empty. Jesus says, get empty and be filled. Does this mean I'm never going to have to unsubscribe from things in my life? No, you're still going to have to unsubscribe from things in your life. There's going to be times when you have to circle back and unsubscribe. But the difference is this. You no longer have to lie about it. You no longer have to hide it. You no longer have to be sneaky about it and bury your secrets. Instead, you can run boldly before the throne of grace, knowing that he has full favor and grace for your life. That's a good thing. Because the band would come.
today we've got people that, that are planning to be baptized. And I'm so excited for you. This is, this is the, great, the greatest step you could make. Here's why. When you place your faith in Jesus, your next, so you, you place your faith in Jesus, your next step, it is not join a small group. It's not get on a team. It's not tithe. It's not search after the purposes of God for your life. When you place your faith in Jesus, your next step for everyone is baptism. If you're saying, you know, I put my faith in Jesus, but now now I wonder what my calling is. Stop looking for your calling and get baptized. That's your next step. And so today, we've got several people that came fully prepared to be baptized. If that was you, I want you to go ahead and stand up, and I want you to make your way over here to this corner. They've got their hands up. They're going to show you where you can get changed. We're going to do baptisms in just a few moments. So if you came ready to be baptized, you recognize my faith is in Jesus, and my next step is baptism, stand now and go over here, and we're going to, we're going to have you get baptized. Because here's the deal. Religion says, get empty and stay empty. Jesus says, Get empty and be filled. Be filled. And so today, maybe you would hear what I'm saying and you say, Preacher, I I hear you. My faith is in Jesus, but I'm not ready to be baptized yet. And I just want to say, there's no pressure here. You are more than welcome to kick the tires as long as you'd like. You can stick around as long as you want. Just know that eventually that is your next step. In fact, I would encourage you during the baptisms, get close, watch what God is doing in their lives, see that that is your next step. And maybe you came today and you would say something like this. Preacher, I'm, I recognize my faith is in Jesus and my next step is baptism and I'm ready for it. I'm ready to go. The deal is I'm not prepared for it just not prepared. I didn't, I didn't plan on it today. The good news is we are prepared for you. We have shorts for you. We have a t-shirt for you. We have a towel for you. We got hairspray for you. We got makeup for you. We got spray deodorant for you. We got breath fresher, fresher things for you. Like we, we got it all. We got blow dryers for you. We got straight irons for you. We got disposable combs for you. We got gold bond. Like, we got everything you need. So in a moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask if you're in the room and you say, even though I'm not prepared, I would, I would like to still get baptized. I'm going to give you that opportunity. I think that often... When I talk about this, somebody might say something like, I, I recognize I need to do this right now, but my family's not here. And so I, I've got two things I want to share with you. Number one, we're going to have a professional photographer take a picture of you, and you're going to get that next week. Printed out copy of your picture. You can share, and you'll have digital copies you can share with your family. The second thing I want to say is this. 
at the end of time, or at least at the end of your time, you will stand before God. Not with your parents, not with your children, not with your spouse. We all stand before God and give an account of our lives individually. And I would just challenge you and say, do today what you will wish you had done in that day. Preacher, are you saying that I would not be saved if I didn't get baptized? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is baptism is the next step of obedience after faith in Jesus. There is not something other than it. It is the next step. And an obedient response to Jesus is baptism. So doing this day what you would do in that day. Would you stand with me all across the room? Lord Jesus, there are things in our life that we recognize need to be cleaned and need to be pulled out of our lives. Thought patterns, habits, behaviors, even identities. Lord, I, I pray that you would purify our hearts and our minds in this room today. Lord, that we would be confident in who you've called us to be, that we would be a people filled with your spirit, a people filled with your purpose, a people filled with the word of God, a people filled with the knowledge of God, a people filled with the goodness of God. Lord, I pray that you would fill us up to overflowing. I pray that we would hear countless stories of men and women that, that receive the baptism of your Holy Spirit when they're in their homes or when they're on their way to work or, or when they're alone at night. They would, they would encounter you or even during your services coming out of the waters of baptism that there would just be countless stories of people being filled to overflowing with your presence and your power because you never called us to just be empty. You called us to be filled. I wonder if in this room today there's somebody that for you, you recognize that you are not right with God. There's things in your life that are separating you from God. Things you think, do, maybe say, and you want to fix that right now. Maybe for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time. If that's you and you're ready to go all in with Jesus and mend that relationship with him, would you, would you put your hand up so I can see where you're at? You're in, a, you're in a room full of people. I see that. You're in a room full of people that support you right now. There's no reason to be ashamed. I see that hand. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to repent and we're going to believe. Repent means we turn away from the things in our life that we think, do, or say that don't please God. And we're going to believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And when we do this, His blood cleanses us from all sin. He makes us right. Pray, if you raised your hand, pray something similar to this. God, I am so sorry 
things in my life that don't please you. I'm turning away from them now. Would you forgive me? I believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross for me, was buried for three days, and rose again with all power in his hands. So right now, I'm placing all of my faith and all of my hope in Jesus Christ alone. Say these words with me. Jesus, be the Lord of my life, and I will follow you every day that I live. So one last time I say this. If you're in this room, and you've given your life to Jesus, and you have not yet been baptized, today's your day. Now's your opportunity I would encourage you, if you want to jump in on these baptisms, you've got everything you need, stand up, go to this corner, they'll show you to the changing rooms, and they'll set you up with anything you might need. We're going to worship the Lord, and there's going to be baptisms. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church, to find out more. Well, we love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.